0: Welcome to the Wealth Studying podcast. This is episode two hundred and seventy-two. Today is September twelfth, twenty eighteen. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder, money manager at InvestableWealth.com. Well, hey, today I just want to get in a quick episode and wanted to reiterate my overall confidence in international markets, and I guess specifically in emerging markets. I've been hearing from a lot of people that are extremely panicked over tariffs and the threats of trade wars and all the talk of foreign currency contagion and defaults on debt and people wondering if I've changed my position and my views on foreign and emerging markets. And no, I haven't. In fact, if you follow my blog over at investablewealth.com, you'd see that last Friday, I actually added 10 foreign positions to my overall model portfolio for clients that had cash reserves that wanted to put that extra money to work. So no, I'm not putting that in the U.S. markets. I am continuing to bet on overseas foreign markets. And in fact, in that blog post, I quoted Baron Rothschild where he says, The time to buy is when there's blood in the streets. You see, everybody uses that quote. Everybody talks about, you know, what Warren Buffett says. You should be greedy when other people are fearful and fearful when other people are greedy. But yet when you get down to the brass tacks... When you get to a situation like we're in right now where many people are worried about a trade war with China and we see that the Chinese market is down some, I don't know, nearly 25 percent and virtually all the foreign markets and definitely all the emerging markets have drastically underperformed this year. People are in a real panic. This is the time that blood is running in the street and yet people don't want to buy. And I know that even from those of you in the audience in the well-studying podcast because when I look at past episodes and I go back a couple episodes ago, This would have been, oh, mid-July sometime, right after the 4th of July holiday. I put out an episode entitled Emerging Markets, Buy or Sell. That particular episode was downloaded less than half as much as any of my other more recent episodes. So I know that emerging markets is obviously a topic that people don't want to hear about. To me, that's a contrarian indicator, though. When nobody else wants it, when the blood's running in the streets, that's the time to buy. It doesn't mean that the bottom is in and the price won't go any lower, but it does mean you're getting close and the price is likely getting near a capitulation level. Now, besides contrarian indicators, why do I like emerging markets and foreign markets? Well, it all comes down to value. Look at the numbers. The valuation on foreign companies is a far better value than what we're seeing on U.S. stocks right now. U.S. stocks are back to all-time record highs, and although the valuations aren't outrageous... They're in line with the high end of the spectrum. And I believe they're justified based on, you know, the fact that this earnings season we've seen about 25% increase in corporate profits. But at the same time, you're gonna pay 16 and a half or maybe 17 times valuations in the US. And if you go overseas, you can find those certainly below 15, if not down around eleven. Money always goes to where it's treated best. And because of the efficiency of the monetary system, that means that money goes to the best value. So over time, eventually, I believe money is going to gravitate to these markets that are currently being oversold and therefore undervalued. Foreign markets and especially emerging markets are undervalued right now because of a fear of global slowdown in trade, because of trade wars, or because of tariffs. And while I think that it is likely that we may see the tariffs continue, because I don't think this is just a Donald Trump thing, I think that Trump has simply latched on to an idea that's going to catch on with the American electorate, and that's that they feel that they're being unfairly traded with the rest of the world. And so whether we get in a Democrat president next time around or a different Republican president, I think this theme is going to continue. It's a theme of nationalism, and you're seeing it sweep the globe. These are political issues that politicians are going to try and use to make points with their electorate. It's the zeitgeist of the period we live in. Now, are these things going to stifle and put up roadblocks and slow down global trade? Well, they could definitely have an effect, but I don't think it's the catastrophic, chicken-little end of the world times, like you're hearing promoted in the press right now. I mean, the media every day, all they're talking about is the strength of the U.S. dollar, how it's going to create a contagion of a currency crisis across the emerging markets. And then they point directly to countries like Turkey or Venezuela or Argentina, and then they extrapolate how that's going to spill over to some place like Vietnam. Well, the media is doing what the media always does. They create hype. The arguments that they're making today about the strong U.S. dollar are just the inverse of the arguments that they made a year ago when the dollar was weak. Think back or go back and Google to 2017 when the U.S. dollar had dropped about 10%. Do you remember all the stories about how that meant that there was going to be a recession in the United States? How the Chinese were going to buy oil directly from Russia? and it would be priced in the yuan, and therefore the U.S. was going to lose the reserve currency of the, of the U.S. dollar, and how everybody was going to sell U.S. debt, and on and on, and how, how horrible it was going to be for the U.S. economy. Well, shazam, what happened? None of that happened, just like I said it wouldn't. And the market didn't drop 20 or 25 or 30%, just like they said it was going to in February, March, and April of this past year, because the numbers didn't justify it. Corporate profits were ascending because of tax cuts and because of deregulation, primarily because of those two reasons. The press, the media, they didn't want to acknowledge that. They wanted to focus on the gloom and doom because the market had pulled back after January highs, but the reason it pulled back was a normal, healthy correction. The market got ahead of itself. From about November of 2017 into the mid-part of January 2018, The S&P 500 skyrocketed. It shot right up. There was so much enthusiasm that the corporate tax cut bill got uh, passed. It was either late December, early January. That drove the markets up. They went up higher than they should have. The market corrected. It adjusted. It wasn't the end of the world. It wasn't Armageddon. It was simply a correction. And here we are, back to all-time record highs. But what are they complaining about now? Or what's the apocalypse du jour? Well, right now it's foreign markets, especially emerging markets. Oh, the strength of the U.S. dollar is going to cause defaults. Look at what's happening in Argentina. Look, look at what's happening in Turkey. Well, that's not necessarily going to spread to Vietnam or Malaysia or South Korea because those are different circumstances. The internal and the local politics in Venezuela and Argentina and Turkey, that's what's causing those problems has nothing to do with global trade. If Venezuela could get its act together and start selling oil at $70 a barrel, they would have a thriving economy. But they won't, and they don't. But that's not going to affect the economy in India, and even countries like Brazil, which do have a lot of internal problems. I look at those numbers, I see them turning around. I've been invested in Brazil since this past December, and I still think it presents a good opportunity. I recently did a short, a oh, little bit more than a minute update on my YouTube channel about Brazil, showing a chart with where I think it's headed based on its upcoming election and how I draw that conclusion back to what happened in Mexico with the Mexican election. I'll put a link in today's show notes. So, no, I don't fear emerging markets because I think these storm clouds will eventually blow over. Now, will it be next week or next month or next year? I don't know exactly. I don't have a crystal ball. I can't predict the future. But when I look at exports coming out of places like India or South Korea or Brazil, and for all of Brazil's problems, look at the amount of oil and agricultural products, things like soybeans that are coming out of Brazil. We will see stabilization there. Investors will gain confidence and the valuations on those companies will go back and retrace prior levels this is just part of the same old cycle that plays out time and again but you have to have the fortitude to buy in when everybody else is fearful could we get into a trade war could tariffs really hamper and put a drag throw on the brakes on the global economy well absolutely they could And I do think that at some point there is going to be a major crisis coming from overseas and and likely to maybe originate in China with their debt crisis. But I don't see that happening over the rhetoric that's going on right now. There's too much trade. There's too many profits being made. And even if there is a slowdown temporarily, markets adjust and people adapt. If the Chinese stop buying U.S. soybeans, well, that doesn't mean that the Chinese people are going to quit eating soybeans or stop consuming soybeans. They'll just buy them from Brazil. And that means that American farmers will either sell their soybeans to Europe or to whoever Brazil used to be selling them to, or maybe, in fact, it'll just be a sleight-of-hand trick and American farmers will, on paper, sell their soybeans to Brazil and then Brazil will just pass them on to China. That's the way these things work the supply chains will adapt. And frankly, I don't think they're going to change that much anyways. I have no idea how these things will work out one way or the other, but I know they do work themselves out. Because when there's money to be made, people and companies and corporations find out ways to make the money. It all comes back to a sense of survival. Think back to the days of the Cold War, when there was always the threat of nuclear war. Well, how did we have peace how do we maintain detente? It was all about MAD, mutually assured destruction. The Americans didn't nuclear bomb the Russians, and the Russians didn't nuclear bomb the Americans for one reason. Both parties knew that if the nuclear bombs started to be dropped, there would be mutually assured destruction. MAD. That's the same way markets work. If the United States imposes confiscatory tariffs On all the products coming into America, the same thing is going to happen in this supposed trade war. At some point, we'll get to the breaking point where there will be mutually assured destruction, where there will be a slowdown to global trade, and it would put the global economy into a depression. And for that very reason, because of mutually assured destruction, I think all parties involved know that there's a limit that they can go with their political rhetoric and they won't go farther. And so just like we didn't have nuclear war in the 1980s, I don't think we're going to have a global shutdown of trade in 2018 or 2019. Things will stabilize. Foreign sales and foreign corporate profits will continue to rise. Money will flow to where it's treated best. Investors will realize that these markets are oversold and undervalued. Money will flow back into those areas, and we'll see a retracement back up to previous highs. And so that's why I remain fully invested in foreign markets and I own ETFs that are sector focused in geographic areas from Japan to Malaysia to Singapore to Taiwan to Mexico to South Korea to Brazil. And I'm also not afraid to own positions in specific blue chip foreign companies, things like Royal Dutch Shell or Rio Tinto or Novo Nordisk.